I'm the only person with my own vision. So no one can see into the future of my own next step better than me. So at that point, it's like, it's collaborative, but I'm still kind of at the helms. But yeah, all, all of the things that I did out of necessity kind of just turned into my strengths. Welcome back to Nat 97. On today's episode, we catch up with London-based singer, songwriter, producer, and filmmaker Wesley Joseph. We talk through his recent release, Glow, and what it means to now have the secretly Canadian label team supporting him and his music. Wesley discusses his hands-on process of writing, producing, and directing, and what that do-it-yourself mentality has taught him. As well, we talk through what this moment means to him touring North America for the first time, playing sold-out dates in New York, London, and Toronto. Live from the studio and brought to you by The Orchard and Human Resources, this is not a podcast, this is not a radio show, this is Not 97. Enjoy. Wesley Joseph, welcome to Not 97. Thank you for having me. You are currently on tour. First time touring in New York. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? I, I've only been here once before, but I love it out here, man. Energy's great. It's How just, old were you last time you were in New York? How old was I? I think 24 yeah. or 23. Yeah. yeah. I came out here for like the most random job. I was doing like this cover shoot for Uniqlo. This is actually a good story, actually. It came at a perfect time because I was at university and it was this it was this point where I didn't have any money, but I desperately wanted to do music. And it was this weird transitioning point where I could have got a job and just or I could have moved back home and tried to do music like and then move back, which, by the way, is like a way less likely version of me making it work type thing. And I was like doing loads of freelance jobs. Like I was shooting videos for these companies that I didn't care about, just trying to make money for rent. And I remember I spoke to my dad on the phone and he was like, maybe like you should just get a job or like, you know, do something a little bit more normal for the time being and try and make music work on the, in the background. And then just, you know, for finance. And then I got an email out of thin air, like literally I was, it, at uni in the editing suite editing like my first short film thing and I got this email and it was just like are you free in two weeks to come to New York and I was like and I'd never been to New York never been to America and I was like I thought it was fake so I was like yes I am free what's the job and it was this Uniqlo job and it was well paid like more money than I'd ever been paid before type thing nothing crazy crazy but enough to like pay for like a few months rent and allowed me to sustain myself for that time being I kind of needed to make music so I was like yeah I'm definitely free for that and then all the way up until the point where I was in the airport I didn't think it was real yeah I I was like this is a bit where did they I had like one photo on Instagram I didn't understand where it came from I think I maybe met someone years before and they just suggested me because they got (laughs) they liked me or something I I still don't know where that job even came from to this day and I flew out here and I was here for like two weeks just living Bro, the shoot was one day and they put me up in this nice hotel for two weeks. And it was my birthday. Had the best time out here. The sun was shining. Like, it was crazy. And then when I got back, within the the time frame that I could sustain myself, I was literally just, like, working on the music that allowed me to stay in London for the longer period of time. Like, yeah. 
So the things I made in that period of time, because the stakes were so high and there was a clock. Yeah, that's, that's when I got my like first distribution deal, That's which allowed me to sustain myself for even longer, make my first EP, you know, even though we were, you know, still scrambling and saving and it wasn't, it wasn't like there was loads of money, but there was enough money to keep me going type thing. But it all kind of revolves weirdly around this trip to New York. That's crazy. <laughs> which is kind of sick. Yeah. That all, like that trip to New York was kind of like a, a turning point. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like literally on the edge of not knowing what to do. And then I just got the email and I was like, okay, something is like, don't stop. Like, right. yeah. Like, so that like, you know, that's kind of like jumping a little bit ahead of my questions, but that I'm curious about that. Like you were doing video stuff and went to school for video, Yeah. but music was music always in the back of your mind, like something that you were like, I'm more passionate or would want to pursue that over video or was there a moment where that kind of switch flipped and you were like actually i think music is the direction i want to go into i think from as long as i can remember there's always been this like this deep almost uncomfortable feeling that i've had where it's like urgently needing to create something or make something so i used to be obsessive with drawing like when i was a kid i used to draw all day i'd rush home i'd be drawing and then it went from drawing to got a little camera, just taking photos all day. Then it went from that to stop frame animation stuff. Then it went to, you know, I got like a little like a little camera thing and movie maker on the family computer. I'd sneak up, do that, like write scripts. And then at the same time, I was hugely in love with music from young because my dad would just be playing music like all day, every day. I grew up on on music, so. I've always been fascinated with just making things. It's just with music, I didn't know I could make music because the idea of like music for me growing up, it felt like a far-fetched thing where you need to be in a studio, you need to have an engineer, all these things. It just felt a bit far-fetched. I didn't understand my voice or any of it. I just knew I liked music and I know I knew how it made me feel. But I'm the type of person where as soon as like something's like um, facilitated, and it's real, I can do it. As soon as I can work out how to do it, I'll just do it. Yeah. So then as soon as like I worked out, all I needed was a, a, like a, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't even know. My first podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as soon as I, all I re- needed was like a shitty little microphone from eBay. I bought a Behringer C1U microphone for like 35 euros and it plugged straight into the computer. And after that, I was just, making tunes and yeah i'd already favorited all the beats i liked i was listening to ninth wonder beats like just loads of fly low like you know what i mean but yeah it, it was never really like a click going from one to the other it was always just like i'm just in love with the whole process like even to this day i do my own artwork for the most part i direct my own videos i'll make the beats I'll, right you know what i mean like it's all one big thing for me yeah i was gonna say like you're probably one like artists that we end up playing on not a lot of the times if we see directed by and and mm-hmm. all that like it's it it, it gets us way more excited mm-hmm. we <laughs> we we've called it like you know like the swiss army knife or whatever right. and we were doing an episode recently with the artist lolo's why and we were like it's like the mark by mark jacobs by mark jacobs yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. that shit where you're like it's wesley joseph by wesley joseph yeah. by wesley joseph yeah, 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 yeah. but you're probably one of the most hands-on artists 
that I know. And even like, you know, I, I obviously knew you had the background in videos. So I was mm-hmm. like, know that you direct and, and have produced visuals. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then I was kind of looking at like the album and was like, damn, even the album cover. Yeah. Like the Glow album cover yeah, yeah, was yeah. like a self-portrait yeah. that you yeah. shot. And yeah, it was yeah. like, that is, that's a deeper level that I think a mm-hmm. lot of artists mm-hmm. aren't even taking. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that with your art, you've always been kind of hands-on with and you just feel like that's always been an important piece for you? Well, like, the process of it was kind of like, like, the the creative world that I was from was one where there's like, you, you create out of necessity, so you do your own artwork because you have to do your own artwork. You make your own beats because there's no one sending beats. Yeah. Or you direct your own videos because you don't know a videographer or everything is like self-sufficient like the only way you can do it is if you're self-sufficient so there's no like real other option if you want to actually make the thing and you want to do it now and i was as a kid i was very fairly impatient if i wanted to make something like i didn't want to wait like i didn't have like money to pay for a video or like pay someone to make my artwork it was just like okay i'll learn photoshop like Do do you have any siblings I have a little brother, a younger brother, who's sick on the keys, yeah. and he makes music as well. Shout out Curtis Samuel. <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it came from a place of just necessity, and then over the years, that just becomes completely normal and a way of doing things. And then I kind of stumbled into a position where there's like, oh, other people can do this stuff now. But then I was like, well, it doesn't even make sense now, because, like, it's been built in such a way where I wouldn't actually want anyone else to to do it and that's not to say I wouldn't want to collaborate with people because collaboration is amazing and now people want to work and there's more people to work with it's incredible and there's people that are better at so many things that that I do like piece for piece but like no one can do the whole thing yeah and I'm the only person with my own vision so no one can see into the future of my own next step better than me so at that point it's like it's collaborative but I'm still kind of at the helms. But yeah, all, all of the things that I did out of necessity kind of just turned into my strengths. Doing a lot is helpful in making sure that that vision is seen all the way through. It can also be very overwhelming mm-hmm. uh, and exhausting. But I think bringing in other creatives that you trust for an artist, like because you, one, because you know how to do it and mm-hmm. because you see the vision, it allows, it, it empowers them almost because they're mm-hmm. like, if you can translate and, and communicate mm-hmm. what it is and trust them to do their thing, but it all comes from you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, from my perspective, that always like creates a better product because there's, for sure. you know, it's, it's the world you're building and they can work within that world and not have to question like right. what they're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, communication is like the, all you need to be good at to be a great director is communication. It's all you're doing is communicating what's yeah. in your head. You can have like the best thing in your head, but if you can't communicate that in a way that other people can realize it for you, because people are better at realizing certain things than you are, like specifically in film and in music. The mixing engineer I work with, Lex, he's literally like, in my opinion, one of the best mixing engineers in the world. I'm never going to be as good as, yeah. at mixing beats as he is. So all I have to do is communicate well what I want, and he can do it better than I ever could. But if I can't communicate what's in my brain, the power and the potential of what I wanted to make will never be there. So communication, for me at this point, 
is literally like one of my power, like what's one of the most important skill sets to have, like just be clear as day. And that doesn't even mean talking technically. That means talking emotionally, like in abstract forms, like describing music in ways that are almost textural or like you describing a beat like it's a fucking a velvet cloud. The bass needs to feel like a velvet cloud. Yeah. And then the engineer is so locked in. He's like, oh, I know exactly how to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's a, I think that's a very important point that it gets lost, but it's also like that's a process. Like that mm -hmm. takes a lot of time and energy yeah. to communicate well. Yeah. And figure out how to like translate what's in your head yeah. to someone else mm -hmm. and, and feel comfortable that they've understood it. And especially like now I know you're, you're still going to touch everything and the creative vision is going to come from you. But as your career grows, there's mm -hmm. bigger teams involved and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's like you might shoot that album cover, but the list of people that are behind the scenes gets exactly. longer and longer. Exactly. So like how has that been for you kind of learning how to bring more people in by, by still being at the top of it? Well, I kind of treat everyone in like my creative team is like, it's just like a little, it's like a community. Like my girlfriend is a set designer, Sarah Asmel. She's crazy. And we'll be talking about sets for my stage, for my film, for anything. She did the set design for the cover of the of Glow. Sick. Her sister's my stylist. Yeah, yeah. So she it's styles literally me. all in the family. Yeah, like one of my best friends is the EP at the film production company I'm signed to. You know what I'm saying? It's like the people who I make music with are literally all my close friends. Every like my managers are like my close friends. It's like everyone is invested on a human level first, and I think that's important for it to feel holistic and like this isn't a job. It's not a thing that we did once and, oh, we worked on that. and we worked, No, it's like, we're working on this. Yeah. And when you do that and people are invested on that level, the potential is limitless because everyone's growing together and everyone's moving forward. And that's not to say everyone doesn't have their own things as well as this, but everyone has a part of this too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it's kind of a community vibe. Like, everyone who I work with, it's a long-term thing. That's why it takes me so... It takes so long to find those people. That's harder than it is, like, actually engaging and working with people it's finding the people because the moment you find the right person it just that's just the way of life now you work together <laughs> like that's how it is so it took a long time to find the people like i'd worked with engineers that didn't make sense i've worked with you know tried to work with producers that didn't make sense like tried to get beats off people before i made beats didn't make sense like video companies at the start when i was trying to direct they didn't back it yeah because i just sounded crazy i was like i want to do this and it's like you haven't got enough money to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, we meet, we meet like eight different production companies that all like, we respect the, the ambition, but this is not going to happen. So then we did it ourselves. And it's yeah. the same yeah. thing. It's like with everything. It's like, okay, we'll do it ourselves then. It's like the producers aren't sending the beats or the beats aren't what we want. Okay, we'll do it ourselves. You know, yeah. same with that. Every single stage, it, it's been like that. And now it's just like the best way to do it. It's not even, you know, we, we could get more people. But it's just like ultimately doing it ourselves isn't me just doing it it's like us like right. the community and the people that i trust who, yeah. who who see my vision it's and it's like real relationships real yeah. love real trust there exactly. like it's beyond just the yeah. music or the product yeah for sure it's like a bigger thing like we it's it's like it's almost scary how far it can go like because yeah. we fight in so hard for it to be the best thing and for it to be original yeah. And every step, we're always punching above our weight. Like the first campaign, 
if we wrote down on paper what we were trying to do, nine times out nine out of ten people would say that is not possible with the first project, yeah. like the Ultramarine. Yeah, yeah. Like we had barely any money to market it. The video budgets were like people like people assume the video budgets were huge just because of what they looked like. They were not huge. Like And that's just that's just like a testament to the people. The people, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, like everyone was invested. Like yeah. so many people in the early days didn't get paid for anything. Yeah. Everyone was just working because they we all wanted to create something. And obviously it's not like that now. But the 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 ideology remains the same. It's like we we punch above our weight so we can get to a higher level and then we do that again yeah. and again and again. You just keep going. You just keep going and then every time you're ahead of, of like, you know, the perception of what it is. Yeah. So people thought the the videos were big budget when they weren't. And now, because of that, we have budgets. And now you give us the budgets and see what we can do. Now with we that. can have budgets, yeah. like. But you know what I'm saying? It's like it's always been like that. Yeah. Same with studios. Like, we couldn't get in studios because there just wasn't money to pay for studios. I was made ultramarine. I said most for the most part in my bedroom. And now I have my own studio because I was trying to make music that felt bigger than my bedroom. So now it is bigger than my bedroom. Yeah. It's like the whole thing is a mental game. It's just imagining what comes next and then realizing it. And everyone assumes it. It's what it is. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> just and then you're, you're more equipped than you like. You're more equipped than anybody else because you did it without the studio. Now it, you have the studio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it's about also being grounded enough to keep that mentality, no matter how high it goes. Yeah. So when there is a one day, hopefully, like a million pound budget or whatever, who knows? God knows what what there could be thinking about it like how you thought about it when you were in your bedroom so it's like i'm not trying to just stay in a crazy hotel and eat steak and lobster every day on the catering and do 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 do. i mean if we can i will but like if it compromises the creativity no right like let's punch above our weight again because if the moment you stop punching above your weight is when it stops like stops going forward so and that isn't even just about budgets and stuff. That's just about anything. Yeah, it's just a mindset. It's just a mindset. It's about anything. Like, if you're going to make a, a stack of cards right now, there's a difference between someone punching above their weight and just trying to make something that they could just do. Like, I mean, I think it's also, like, the, the mindset, the energy, and I was talking about this earlier today, like, the the confidence that you have in your art where you go to that production company and you're like, this is the video that we want to make. And they're like, oh, it's not possible. And you're like look, we're going to make this video with or without you. If you want to be a part of it, let's work. But if you don't want to be a part of it, we'll make it. Yeah. And you can watch it mm-hmm. in three months from now, yeah. and your name won't be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll be done. Yeah. And it's like a confidence in doing that art no matter what, mm-hmm. whoever is involved. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, it's all, it's all up to you, man. Like, and that's the best thing about it. Like, it sounds scary, but it's also the equally most empowering thing about art yeah is it literally starts and ends with you yeah not just and i don't mean that in a way where it's like not about collaboration and people that allow you to facilitate your ideas i mean like if it's your idea yeah it is buffed or isn't with you like and all those people all those collaborator collaborators the community it all starts from your energy like what, what you're giving into it and excited about that permeates out yeah like even even yesterday we were in the airbnb and two of my like best friends that flew out here because one of them's a sick dj shout out sarpa selpa big hef he was uh, he he shut down the 
the lot radio was oh hell yeah he shut down like yesterday and like i was on the mic and stuff and then me and my friend aaron who's a, like a sick producer we were in the airbnb yesterday and i was like yo this is so crazy like we're all in new york right now just basically living the like what we dreamt of like yeah. have a sold out show in new york yeah. that's fucking crazy i was like that's we're in like this nice airbnb eating cereal watching like <laughs> MMA like this is weird, yeah. like this is wild and then Aaron was just like and it all came from one point of energy like it's all unrealistic of course but it all literally stemmed from literally the same mindset that decided to make a beat in a bedroom and believed it was bigger than the bedroom like it now we're here in New York like fast forward only a year and a half later you know this is wild like yeah it's, it's, I, I it's think crazy. it's good to have those moments of reflection. Of yeah, man. We, we out here. Or you got to break the fourth wall sometimes, bro. Yeah. Like sometimes I even do it like, you know Malcolm in the middle? <laughs> where he's literally like getting into some crazy shit and then he just stops and looks at the camera and he's like, yo, I actually do that in my own life. I do that alone sometimes when no one's there. If something crazy happens or I see an email that's nuts or like we do something crazy. Sometimes if no one's looking because I'll just look crazy, I'll literally just look at something else like, I'm looking at myself yeah, like, yeah. It's the yup, that's me meme. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Did, is this actually happening right now? Yup, that's yeah. me. You might be wondering how I got myself. In this yeah, 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 literally. Yeah. But yeah, talking about that process between Ultramarine and Glow, obviously this, like Glow has the support of Secretly behind yeah. it. Yeah. What, how has that process been for you? Yeah, it's Because um, that kind of adds to what you're saying of like, okay, y'all yeah. did it yourselves. Mm -hmm. Now you have... A support behind you yeah i mean that was like a super great moment of like realization and out of nowhere it, it goes from like a village to like an army of people who are aligned aligned and see things the same way and like now there's like more support and and, and ideas can be like realized like immediately and and more efficiently and there's more power because like there's a great team it's even bigger now yeah handling a whole other side of things that i didn't have before because before it was independent like properly yeah, yeah and then now it's like yeah having like a sick indie label that i aligned with too because i was like no i i get this as well it was just like it's just the engines are just bigger like this armored it's armored armored vehicle <laughs> yeah. like it's like it's just it's proper it's it's again it's real you know, it's not like a concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this is happening now. Like it's real people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's real. Yeah. This season, we we've been playing. We played a lot of UK music, London music, mm. over the course. Like we're on the we're in the ninth season of like nine thirty seven. Yeah. This season specifically, we've really played a lot of London. Mm -hmm. And and Rashad, who's one of my co-hosts, is just like obsessed mm. with a lot of the kind of hip-hop r&b shit that's coming from london right now mm -hmm. even from like your come up to living through it to now like mm. how has london as a city kind of inspired your sound and like who you are as an artist see i don't i don't know if it's inspired my sound consciously maybe it has yeah. subconsciously but or just you as a person it, yeah it, it, it like i'm i'm from this small town in the west midlands called warsaw town right where it's like a really it's like a really real place and there's a, a lot of amazing people but there isn't an industry and there isn't like noise there wasn't really there's not shows 
you know what I mean? It's a small kind yeah. of very isolated place type thing. How far from London is it? Maybe like two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Two and a half hours on the train. And I was living at my mom, my parents' house where like the only thing I had was the internet to get inspired by. And there wasn't things happening. There wasn't loads of people doing things. There wasn't the idea of networking. I didn't even understand the idea of really getting paid to do music properly. I was like, I don't, I don't understand like, how does this work? Yeah. And then when I got to London, instantly there's just energy everywhere. You, like, I would leave uni and then someone would be like, ah, oh, there's a Jay Diller night in the jazz cafe. This guy gave us tickets. Do you want to come? And you're like, okay. Then some guys are, oh, we're going to make beats at this guy's house. Like, oh, shit. All right, I'm rolling. Then, you know, you meet some guy that works for a label or da-da-da. I mean, I met my manager. I'm managed by Transgressive. Shout out Transgressive. And I met the guy who literally, like, is the a at Transgressive who, like, kind of brought me in, in a jazz bar in Brixton because <laughs> I was just watching jazz music. And then he was just there and we just got to talking. Yeah. And then I sent him a demo because he gave me his card and I sent him a demo. Like, literally, that, sh- that, that doesn't happen where I'm from. Right. So it's like that alone inspired a big fire in me. Like, I was energized all day, like, just to be around, just to be about making stuff. Even just the fact that I, had, I was in a house that I was paying rent for, I had my room, I could blast music all night, just do what, like, you know what I mean? I could do what I want. Yeah. Like, if I'm hung up, don't go uni the next day, just make beats. Like, it was just that. Like, it was the first time where if I'd meet some guy who plays bass guitar, I don't even know if he's if he can play it that well. Yo, come through, like, yeah, play some bass guitar on this beat. Yeah. It was just that type of stuff that London as a city allowed for. And I, I, I was just at a very free, young, liberated state of mind in that, when I moved because it was a polar opposite vibe to kind of where I was the whole time growing up. So that in itself is what, london's done for me for sure it's just energized and allowed facilitation for the whole thing to happen obviously you you know your hands are in a bunch of different things from photo to video to to music kind of in across the spectrum or even in your life what are the types of things that inspire you right now that's a good question it could be abstract i literally have a stream of consciousness note yeah what's in the stream of consciousness notes the last thing I wrote down was, I wrote this down yesterday, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. Illusions of motion are illusions of life. One day right now we'll call the good old days. The death of a dream means it becomes a reality. Just random yeah. things. R- <laughs> like, random uh, tattoos. Yeah, just random <laughs> things that like I hear people say or I'm thinking about really late and then I'll summarize. No, that's so. Yeah, I those, guess that, those were profound. Yeah, yeah, just things that like make a lot of sense. The thing is, the way I kind of walk the earth, my my brain's like it's like a library book. Yeah, I'm constantly just taking things, little things, artifacts, like tiny, tiny little details in all the time, and then I'm getting inspired by them. Like the conversation I had with my boy last night that's inspired something in me to in that will exist in a song. Yeah. The time I had in LA with my girlfriend, like when we were just in the hills of Topanga, like literally eating salmon and feeling the sun and we got lost. 
that's going to inspire something. Yeah. Being young and lost in a place. Like, just like at this point, life itself and the small bits too, not even just those dramatic parts. Conversations, observations, and I'm just, I, I just try and make mental note of it all. Like, I try and be present as I possibly can with things. Like, I, I, I'm constantly reflecting on the day. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, I really reflect on it. Like, do you journal? Not really, but I do just write down things constantly. Like, yeah. I write down, like, bro, even the other day, I literally wrote down this. It's a hilarious way. I don't even know if I can say this. <laughs> but some of the jokes, conversations we've had over the last few days, I literally wrote down it because one day I'm going to, like, write a series on it. And I've started, like, the writing process of it. And I, nah, I can't say it. it's two jokes. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, but like even joke stuff that yeah. I will be talking about, I'll literally write it down because I'm like, this is hilarious. Like, but you never know when that stuff... The thing is in life, the significance passes by real quick. Like something really significant can happen in a split second and it can pass by super quickly. And you can even like acknowledge it and then forget about it in like an hour. But I just try and not forget about those things. Yeah, That's, I guess the answer yeah no that's that's a, a good answer yeah and a valuable perspective to have mm -mm -mm. so as this is a music show yeah to play out the interview it's it's your choice of any song of yours that you would want to pick to introduce and give us a little background of why you picked the song and what the song means to you and uh, yeah th then give us the little radio okay. intro of the song all right I'm going to I'm going to play I just know highs from Glow because basically right now the, well the, the way we actually made that song to tell you the truth I was pretty drunk I was with Leon Vinyl he made the beat like right in front of me and I just had the mic it's not a saxophone but if people think it's a saxophone that's just my voice and I was just singing without thought and I was just feeling super euphoric and like it was like a beautiful moment and then we just called it I just know highs because of that feeling and Obviously, the lyrics within it, there's contrast of that feeling, and it's a little bit deeper. But I want to play that song just because right now, that song kind of concludes where I'm at. Like, this is how I'm feeling right now. Like, this last few weeks, or even months, have been so surreal. Like, we did a show in LA, had some amazing sessions, seen some amazing things, met some amazing people, did a show in Toronto two days ago. That was nuts. And we got a sold-out show in New York. I'm, like, in Manhattan right now. This is, like... It's very surreal. Everything is super surreal. I keep saying to Lavar, my TM, like, I don't know what we're about to do today. <laughs> and I don't know what to expect because life is just beautifully, like, taking place in a way where I don't know what to expect. But it's all beautiful, positive things. So that's the song that kind of concludes where I'm at. This is Wesley Joseph playing I Just Know Highs on Not 97.
lost out my mind, or most of my mind. If I look down, I'm dying, or maybe I'm flying. If I look down, I'm dying, or maybe I'm flying.